0: Welcome to System & Soul, the podcast focused on the human energy that runs your business. I'm Chris White, along with my co-host, Benj Miller. All right, you guys ready? Here we go. Jake, drop that beat. Three, two, one. Welcome back to System of Soul, everybody. And I am really excited to introduce Jamie Villalobos. And uh, she is a author. She is a philanthropist. Uh, she is an entrepreneur. She's a wife. She's mother of four. Uh, her website, if you want to check it out, is happyandstrong.com. And the title of her book uh, is Happy and Strong. Create your dream life while enjoying the journey. Jamie welcome to system and soul
1: thank you thanks for having me on i've been excited to spend some time with you guys
0: yeah we've been we've been going back and forth and we just we really dig what you do and we're i'm excited to, to jump into this conversation um but you know what we like we do some little different things here at our podcast and we like to start off with our guest uh telling us something um you know, kind of funky, cool, like weird, uh, uh, anything, uh, from your life that yeah. you want to share to the world.
1: Yeah. I noticed that. And I was like, Hmm, I guess I'm not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, but you know, I was thinking about like, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm a totally addicted to Christmas decor. I start Christmas, like, in i don't even know when and it goes till as long as i can possibly have my house decorated until the tree completely falls apart i don't know i mean i'm uh only that my only fear is karaoke um i don't know i'm like i don't have that many uh interesting crazy stories i guess
0: so you're so so i am married to a christmas lover as well now let's see let's compare let's compare extremes here so My wife definitely gets the jump on the decorations right for the house, but here's the weird, funky thing that I'm going to share about her: seven Christmas trees.
1: Oh wow, she's beating me. Yeah,
0: that's we we we. You know, we've got the family tree with all the family ornaments, right? And we got an NFL Mm -hmm. tree, her NFL team, my NFL team. We got different team trees. And she lives in love that. as long as, as her, I think her dream, we, we live in a small town, not quite as small as the one you grew up in in Montana, 350 population, everybody. Um, but uh, she really, I think, I think her retirement goal is to own a Christmas shop, like a year round christmas
1: that'd be awesome that'd be so fun yeah i mean we kind of do that with all holidays but christmas is the big one so we don't have seven trees oh but i i definitely have the family tree and then the fancy tree and you know
0: everything it's fun it's fun it's a i have i gotta i gotta be honest in our garage i have you know vertical cabinets and she uses those plastic big egg crates for all of
1: yeah, the
0: ornaments? me too. Oh my gosh!
1: I have my own storage unit just for Christmas.
0: exactly. exactly. <laughs> well,
1: it's actually all all holidays, and they're all the red ones have the green bins, and <laughs> you know the pink ones. Pink ones is for like Valentine's Day, and the blue one is for you know Fourth of July, Memorial Day, things like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, we're kindred spirits there. Um, let me take a turn here. And let's kind of dive in, into the conversation we're going to have. And I really, you know, are there, as you were coming up, right? I mean, you grew up in a, in a town of 350 people and, and then you moved away and you went to California, you know, I'm sure that was a little bit of culture shock, but, but You've seen, you know, the the small town, you've seen the big city lights and all that. When you, I'm curious, like when you made that trek to California and you, you're planting roots there, um, were there any limiting beliefs earlier in your career that you were able to overcome?
1: Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, you know, I grew up in a town, about 350 people, very, very small town, northeastern Montana, very small thinking Uh, You know, they, no one ever leaves, you know, they, they kind of, they're farmers that do what their dad did. And and they just kind of have not a lot of hope for anything much bigger. Actually, Montana jumps around as one of the top States for suicide, uh, I believe because of lack of hope, but um, you know, growing up, we were very poor. I grew up on food stamps and welfare and I was the oldest of six kids and there's a big age gap between me and the middle kids. So I always felt like a sense of responsibility. To, and I knew I didn't want to be poor. I had to listen to my parents argue about which bill can we pay this right. month. Uh, uh, I, I've woken up right where the, we were out of propane and I could see my breath in the cold winter and, and wonder, you know, are we going to be okay? And so after high school, I came out to California with the idea of getting a good job and paying my way through school and, and, and then maybe eventually helping my family back home. And, uh, and I started working in corporate America worked my way up uh in about four and a half years managing a lot of different locations of the company i was working for uh but after like i said four years i realized there's no there's no light at the end of this tunnel this is it like i had stopped learning i had stopped growing i was i felt like i was doing the same thing day in day out get up go to work go home go to bed and it's groundhog's day over again and over again and so um, I started getting really dissatisfied. I felt like I was wasting my life. I wanted to do something that I could make more of an impact and I hit an income ceiling. And that was kind of, <laughs> that was it. And I, and I looked at my managers a bit that had been there you know, 10 years longer than me and they didn't make more than I did. And they still had that same horrible schedule and no time with family. And so, uh, so I wanted my own business, uh, but I was 22. I didn't have a lot of experience in entrepreneurship. So, you know, what was I going to do? And luckily I, I met a lady at the gym and, you know, I guess I was helping her out. She just had a baby and I was helping her, showing her some stuff in the gym. And she's like, you should meet my husband. And, you know, he, he has his own business. And, and you know, I, again, it was so new, a completely new industry that I knew nothing about, but I was so hungry for change that I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And I, I fell in love with the, the business, but again, very intimidated. Uh, in that business, that first business, it was in the financial industry. And it was very, very male dominated at that point. Mm. Uh, There was very few females in our industry. uh, There was hardly any in our office. And I was the youngest by, you know, by a lot too. So I was 22, probably looked like I was 12. (laughs) And I didn't think people were going to listen to me. So I had these limiting beliefs of like, can I make it? Who's going to buy from me? You know, are they going to take me serious about financial matters? Uh, And then also, can I grow a company? And and can I become a leader that people yeah. will follow? And so I had to really dive in on what I felt mattered the most. And that was uh, running a system, learning a system that, that the business can run. You know, yeah. it's not really dependent on me and my personality, but, you know, it can withstand recessions. It can withstand, uh, you know every, uh, group of people that I bring into this business and, and train them faster so I can scale. And the other thing was leadership development on myself first, and then with others. So I just dove into those two things, system and leadership. And, uh, and also, you know, I think the last one was creating a culture in my, in my company that people wanted to be there and they felt like they were making a difference in the lives of others. So they felt like they were part of something bigger than themselves and that they were, a team. And it was kind of, I guess my philosophy is team over me mentality where, you know, what we do, you know, is for the right for the consumer first, right for the team second, and then right for yourself last, your pay comes last. And if you help enough people get ahead and get what they want, then obviously, of course, you're going to end up ahead and get what you want as well.
2: Hey, everybody, I got to interrupt this conversation to tell you that this episode is brought to you by one of my favorite companies with some of my favorite people, Titus Talent Strategies. Titus was born out of the frustration with traditional recruiting model and a passion for a better way to do business. They took the traditional recruiting model and totally flipped it on its head. Titus is a people first performance driven recruiting firm. They look at the whole person, the head, the heart, and their briefcase. Using their hire for performance process along with key scientific data points generated from predictive index, Titus gets a 360 degree view of your candidate. Looking at all these components will give you the absolute confidence that you're getting the right person for your organization every time. In fact, they totally guarantee it. They're changing the game of talent strategy, and if you'd like to learn more about their process, visit them today at dot com. All right. Back to our conversation.
0: I'm curious, you know, when, when you made that, when you made that decision to leave and go into this new direction of which you knew nothing about and yeah. you're 22 and, and it sounds like you were given a pretty high level of authority in some areas where you were going to be a decision maker. Um, I don't want to assume this, but because you're the oldest, because it was rough growing up, um, I, I have to think that that inner drive or that inner grit, like like I, I, I don't want to have these kind of struggles in my... Life. I'm curious, how old were yep. you when you had that realization? Of,
1: of, I think it was pretty young that I knew I didn't want to be poor. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I wanted it wasn't just necessarily that I wanted to help my family. I'll tell you what it was to be very honest. I have younger siblings and I have two middle siblings. I have a stepsister that's in the middle there too. And then I have twin brother and sister that are youngest. And it wasn't just that I wanted to be successful to send money back home. That wasn't it. I wanted to win so badly that there was no doubt in their minds that it does not matter what we went through, where we came from. All that matters is what you want to do with your life and where you want to go. So I wanted to be that example to them yeah. of success um, and serving others and making a difference with your life. And so kind of starting out, it was like I wanted to be the hero to my sisters and, I, and just give them a better path or a better example yeah. of um, you know, they can do whatever they want with their life. So that was it. I mean, like I said, I think I was pretty gritty when I started in that corporate job. I got promoted very quickly. Uh, again, being, I think, 19 or something when I yeah. started. Yeah. Um, I, was man- I got promoted and I was managing people at least twice my age. And so I learned a lot through that in the corporate environment. I was working hard. I was working about 11 hours a day, sometimes six, sometimes seven days a week. And again, managing people in um, a very high pressure environment, that were older than me. So I learned yeah. a lot about people skills, Yeah, how to motivate people, how to get the best out of people, the most out of people, and how to lead a team uh, before going into my own business.
0: Because you were so young, I'm wondering, did you have a mentor? Like, because yeah. you, like you said, you went from 19, now you're 22. I mean, you're 22. Like you don't have all the leadership training, you know, and all that stuff. You're yeah. just getting started.
1: Yeah, i started when i was 22 i've been an entrepreneur now for 23 years but um yeah mentorship is everything i'll just tell you you know again there was great systems in place at this particular yeah. firm um but what i was doing was i was seeking out people who were where i wanted to be in business in income and in life i was trying to find mentors who were on the same path as me just further down that path right. so i looked for people that were successful in my industry but also successful in um, their family life and I would put my I would put myself in a position to be around them you know if I had to be their assistant for free I would do it you know I mean I was willing to work for free I was willing to do whatever it took you know there was a guy uh, he and his wife were kind of in the office a lot and I'd say hey can I just if you don't have you know someone watching you with clients can I just sit outside your door. you know, right. can I just crack the door and just take notes? He's like, yeah. You know, and he's like, well, don't you just come on in. I'll just let him know that you're, you know, I'm mentoring you. Uh, I, I would help do his paperwork, you know, like here, let me do your paperwork so you can do on, you know, go on to do something more important. And I could just observe. And of course, you know, successful people, I believe like to spread their knowledge yeah. and give knowledge. Yeah. They just don't like to waste their time with someone who's not going to be coachable. And so I kind of just connected at the hip to a few great men and women that um, I looked up to. And uh, and I was humble enough to know I, I didn't know a lot. Oh, and, like, <laughs> and so- I keep thinking
0: of this, like, so I get the inspiration for your siblings, but where do you think that, I mean, besides that, where does this grit come from?
1: You know, I just wanted to be somebody. Yeah. I just wanted to to honestly- I wanted to have my business or my life make a difference in the lives of others. I think that's my favorite part about what I do is that you can impact the lives of others in a lot of ways, you know, with money that you make through your business, obviously you can do, you know, philanthropic things, but really the mentoring of others, you know, and also the clients that you serve through your business. And so that was it. I mean, I had my whole mission of being a hero to my clients, being a hero to my family and being a hero to the people in my business that they can come in, follow a good example, and then watch from the, from what I'm teaching them, or by my example, that not only does their income and business improve, but hopefully their life yeah. improves. Yeah. That was, that was my, my goal. What are, what
0: are some things that thank you for sharing that? Cause you know, I mean, I, I it's not easy to be an entrepreneur. It's not easy to take that leap of faith, right? especially when you're as young as you were, I mean, you were just getting after it, but you had a picture in your head. You you had a goal in mind.
1: My vision honestly wasn't that big, (laughs) you know, I came from very small thinking,
0: but you were incrementally, you were gaining.
1: It was growing. Yeah,
0: you were growing. Yeah.
1: I think when I first started, I was like, man if i could make what i'm making now but have control of my time not have a boss have his thumb on me you know have, be able to control my own thoughts that would be awesome <laughs> but luckily i was around i call them vision stretchers people that thought bigger than me and said jamie you know what you could do jamie you know what i believe in yeah. you and so i i had great mentors early on and then and then uh great mentors i don't know, if you know who ed Mylett is but he's one of my great friends now of 23 years and mentors. Uh, John Maxwell is another one that I've kind of connected to, you know, these great men that and women too, over the years that have, um, believed in me, uh, challenged my thinking yeah. and, and stretched my vision to, yeah, yeah. You're making great income now. You're, you're set financially, but what else can we do? Right. Let's go. Right. So.
0: so we fast forward. I mean, you are, you are successful. You are serving um, all of those areas of your life that you just mentioned, your clients, yourself, your family, your kids, you know, your your siblings and all that. I'm wondering now where you're at now, what What are the things, like, what are the three things that keep you up at night or wake you up at two in the morning? Or what, what are some of those things that you're seeing out there right now?
1: Yeah, well, my biggest goal, I'll just tell you, uh, developing leaders is my obsession, in all my businesses, there's different products and different things, uh, but it's to build leaders, okay? And then also to equip people, like teach them to accumulate wealth, make money. I just believe if someone has leadership skills and money, they can change their world. Mm-hmm. So whether someone's in any of the, my businesses or any of the coaching, uh, one might be passionate about um, kids with autism. Another might want to you know, help orphans in Uganda. Another one, white men white uh, want to end sex trafficking. It doesn't matter to me. I'm just trying to give them the leadership skills, and then teach them how to make, accumulate, and be good stewards of wealth, so that they can go, dif- you know, make that difference. And so, a lot of my goals now are contribution goals, mm. and I love it because I'll just tell you, I have a business plan now, business slash life plan, whatever you want to call it. My business plan goes a hundred years past when I pass away. I'm putting a trust in place that. Any of my kids or great, 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 great grandkids or anyone in my posterity that wants to do philanthropy, uh, charity work, serve a mission, whatever, this will pay for it. So my vision now is like, she built champions. It's the legacy goals. You know what I'm saying? And for the people that I'm teaching, my businesses that we've raised up and also my children and my posterity. So that's kind of my obsession is. If your goals, business goals, income goals, if your goals can be bigger than just you and your family's needs, if they're bigger and you can make yourself be turned on by it, then that's when you can continue to always keep growing. So many people say, it's not about the money. I love what I do. But then they hit a certain income, whether it be a half a million income or a million income or 250, whatever it is, and they stop. Yeah, They don't stop, really. They don't stop. You know, they don't quit but they don't, they don't keep growing. Right. They're not, they don't still have that fire. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so they kind of plateau in their personal growth. They plateau a little bit that the growth, level, you know, increasing stops The scaling stops to happen as fast. And that's because those goals have all been checked off with their kids or their parents right. or their, you know, vision that they had when they started. And so I, I encourage everybody to really dig deeper of what, if, you, if money was no object, what, where would you spend your time? What cause would you want to contribute to? What, uh, what pisses you off, yeah, to be honest? Yeah. Like, what injustice do you want to correct in the world? And so I just try to like, you know, build leaders with money that I can just spark a little fire for philanthropy. That's kind of my obsession right now. My book is c- consuming a lot of my time right now. But that's really just a small piece of that, that yeah. vision. And then one of my businesses, I'm really kind of obsessed on growth on that one right now. I want to go from 20 million to 50 million in the next probably uh, less than 12 months, about nine months.
3: Hey, podcast listeners, System and Soul Coach Amanda Brumbelow here. Let's talk about a basketball strategy known as the triangle offense. The triangle offense was used by head coach Phil Jackson along with his assistant coach Tex Winter which helped them win 11 NBA Finals. If you don't know who Coach Jackson is, he coached the Chicago Bulls and also the Los Angeles Lakers. With the triangle offense, Coach Jackson was able to refine A players into A players like superstars, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. But he was also able to develop C players into A players. Why is this relevant to your business? As a business owner myself, I have recently reflected on who supports the owner or the leadership team of the organization. As a leader, the buck stops with you. You are the coach for your team. As the coach, you have the responsibility to improve your team by developing your players, by defining a strategy and vision of where you're going and making sure you have somebody in the game daily managing it. But who is the coach for you? Think about your business as a triangle for a minute. You have your team at the top of that triangle. On the bottom left-hand corner of that triangle is you, the leader, owner or leadership team. And on the right-hand side is your system and soul coach. Is your business and team ready to implement the triangle offense with an S2 coach who will motivate, challenge, and push your vision down the court to the basket? I hope this tip speaks to you today. The S2 framework helps my clients gain clarity and control to achieve breakthrough or win the game. Check out system and soul at www.systemandsoul.com
0: let 's go let's go to your book for a moment that you just mentioned, so the book is happy and strong create your dream life while mm-hmm. enjoying the journey so guilty my first two businesses i mean blinders on head down i'm a midwestern kid, so i 'm just plowing and um, right. <laughs> it's you know i'm the eighth of eight boys in my family right, and my parents were started out as farmers and they built two businesses and, you know, I worked in them and it's just been, it's, when you're in a farming family, you just, it's part of life. You, as soon as you can carry right. a bucket, you're helping, right? Um, Absolutely. <laughs> and so let's, let's talk about, let's talk about the book because I'm, tell us about like one, why did you write it to who did you write it for?
1: Yeah, well, I didn't never want to write a book to be totally honest. Um, people had asked me to co-write books and I'm like, no, thank you. I am not wanting to do something like that. You don't make a lot of money on books unless you're like writing Harry Potter or something. You know what I mean? So it was just, to me, it looked like a distraction from my main businesses. Sure. Uh, but you know, during COVID the pandemic, I, I lead thousands of people and a lot of people kind of looked at me as the strong person in their life. So I was getting all the phone calls and it just seemed like everyone was in their own little form of depression in different ways. And I saw people that were making seven figures fall apart and their businesses fall apart. And so to me, success is being happy and strong. That when you achieve these big goals, you are happy and that you have, you know, your, what, what good would it be if you have millions of dollars, but in the end you end up divorced, or your kids don't want to talk to you, or you've worked so hard and neglected your health, and now you're spending all your money buying your health back. And so um, I've done it. I've, I've you know had the blinders on and beginnings of you know launching you know different businesses, but uh, but I've learned the hard way on some lessons, and then I've learned also from incredible mentors and leaders uh, of how to do it. And, and so the book is really about. How well, the first half is kind of how do you be successful, build multiple seven figure incomes in business, and how to have a clear vision that drives you. The middle of the book is really how to develop yourself into a leader and how to develop leaders in your organization and systems so that you can scale uh, and you know, easier. And then the last half of the book is really what everybody wants how do you have it all? How do you juggle it all? How do you do it all? How do you have my four favorite F words are faith family, fitness, and finance, right? And, and if you have those four, you'll have the ultimate F word, it, which is fulfillment. And so again, how many people do we know that are making great income, but they're just not fulfilled?
0: Right. Well.
1: And so it's really, I think it's a great tool for, for entrepreneurs. Uh, John Maxwell, Ed Milet, they've all you know endorsed it. Uh, and so many other great entrepreneurs have endorsed it as uh, a key, you know, key read for... for well, and it's
0: perfect timing for a book like this. It really is. I mean, listen, I, I and anybody that... Look, the only people that really truly enjoyed this pandemic are introverts.
3: Like... Yes, it's home? true. Yeah. You're like,
1: yes. No I know a guy that, that was so happy when he got it because he was locked in his room and his wife would just leave food at the door. <laughs> so he loved it. But... Yeah, most people had a really hard yeah, time with it. For the
0: rest of us, <laughs> you know, it just you know, look, every what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, whatever to the degree of severity, I think all of us have been impacted by it, right, professionally and personally, right. and 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 you know, what a perfect time to have a book that can pull those things together because, Hey, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be successful. We're all capitalists. You need money. You might as well make money. Right. Uh, you got to learn how to save money, right? That whole finance yep. party or four pillars. Um, yes. um, and then when, and then, but unfortunately, and and I've been, I've been a victim of, maybe victims, not the right word, but you know, sometimes you, you reach a pinnacle and then you look back and it's like, Oh, uh, now what? Like one, either either one, yeah. you don't spend enough time celebrating the win and you're on to the next one. It's like, so this whole pandemic thing for me, what's helped me is like to just um, slow down. Like yeah. I've got a, you know, a 10 year vision for the organization, but I'm going to take it one day at a time. and And I want to do it with grace and humanity. Right. I mean, and I'm learning to, to do that. I'm not great at it. Listen, I, you know, when you when you grow up in a family like mine, it's it's competitive, it's candid and you better grow thick skin. right? <laughs> um, but, yeah. you know, there are some attributes that that I learned at those young ages under those influences that I brought into my adulthood and my professional career that really don't need to be there. You know, and so through the pandemic and having to deal with all these things, you know, I spent a lot of my time reading and writing and just exploring neuroscience and business and understanding really like the the human connection part of business. And and yeah. it's different now. We're not all going to be in brick and mortars anymore. I mean, when your employees work from home and your production's up, let's not break what's not broken. Um But mentally, you know, we've all gone through stuff, and I just think it's time, you know, like, hey, here's a simple book that lays it out in these three sections, but don't forget the third one, because what are you doing all this for? I mean, nobody goes, nobody's, nobody is one foot in the grave saying, boy, I wish I would have worked one more day.
1: I mean, (laughs) yeah. And, and I think everybody wants to have that. They want to have some degree of balance, but they struggle with it. And there's so many people that say, you know, faith and family and business and, um, and pe- and then especially women and mothers. I'm a mother of four. I have th- two teenagers, two little ones. Um, and women probably get it hit the hardest because they have all these guilty mommy oh, feelings too. Fair. Right. And so I've had to, you know, deal with all that as well. So yeah. It's, it's, they wanted to have that. They want to have the balance and they try and they've been told that you can't have it all. But when then they, when they really go after it in business and get going in business, they start to fall apart because I've, I've read, I've looked for 23 years and read every single book on this stuff. And really there's, I, I couldn't find out there where, here's how you do it all. Here's, all the little tools. Yeah. Here's all the little, you know, ways to balance the stuff in your home. Here's all the things that you can take it off and make things come off your plate so that you can focus on the most important things. Here's how you can delegate as this crazy micromanaging entrepreneur that has to have things perfect. Right. And so yeah, it's uh I, I think it's a great book. That's uh, I've had a lot of people tell me how much it's changed their business, their incomes, their lives, but uh one of the the best stories I heard, I was just like last week, I was in Vegas at a a book signing and a guy came up to me and he said, a friend of his uh, gave it to him and gave it to his wife for the spouse to be a more supportive spouse to her entrepreneur husband. And then she read it and they became this great team, but then they gave it to their 12 year old daughter, which was very interesting to me. Um, And the daughter read it. And then she, she, the dad asked how it was. And she's like, I'm reading it again. She had read it twice. And he said, he said that she was having a lot of bad, bad behavior that they could not deal with, could not correct this 12 year old. And she, after reading the book twice, she, uh, actually, uh, the, all the behavior completely stopped. She started joining leadership clubs at her school and they never had a That's problem nice again. Answer. And I was like, that was like, I was tearing yeah. up. He was tearing up. And I was like, this is nothing that I expected from this book, but it touched my heart so much. I was so excited to hear that, like just that little cool little story that this little thing has now impacted the way the whole family dynamics work. So pretty cool.
0: That's amazing. All right. Well, so it's, it's happy and strong, everybody, and you can get the book at happy and com. Um, you know, as, as we come into the end here, we've got a couple minutes left. Um, I wanted to ask when, when you let me frame, let me frame this up. You, you're you're a subject matter expert in your industry, in your field, right? Um, what's the better way?
1: Meaning, what's, what do you what's
0: mean? What's the better way? Um, like when you think of success, and you and you mentioned process, you mentioned process a couple of times, right? So you're a system. Person, right. Yeah. Um, like right now, for those, maybe those smaller stage two companies who are alive and and they're churning, yeah. but they want to get to that next level. What's the way? What what do you what's your best advice yeah. you can give that entrepreneur?
1: Perfect. Uh, whether it's an entrepreneur starting out or they're, uh, you know, they have the most growth they've ever had, but they still want to get to the next level. I think getting perfect clarity or, you know, as clear, clarity is your best friend, clarity on where you're going. So many people, entrepreneurs are so stuck in day to day where they're at, you know, the challenges that they're facing, what's going on in the economy, especially what's going on in the news. And it's all doom and gloom right now. And, and so it can, it can screw you up mentally. Instead of focusing on where you're at, if you can stay focused on where you're going, You know, this incredible vision that you have for your family, for your future, for your clients, something that's so big that it scares you a little bit. But like, man, if that happened, that would be a dream come true. So when you wake up in the morning, you are fired up and you get clarity on that vision and you put it in front of yourself and you read it every morning and every night and you put action steps to it. And again, I would probably just take a legal pad and draw a line down the middle and draw a line across and you put those four quadrants, faith or I mean, for me, that's means maybe something that it means to you, maybe for you, it's you just becoming a better person, a better leader, a better communicator, right? Just becoming better, um, family that even if you don't have kids, it could be just your relationships and the way you, you know, connect with people. Um, and then savings guys, I'm telling you, you have to learn money. I've seen so many entrepreneurs just blow it because they start making more money than they ever have. And then they start blowing all of it and they're not saving. You have to learn and be a good steward of wealth. And then, um, and then the last one is, um, you have your faith, your family, your fitness, and then your finance, but the fitness one, I'm telling you, the entrepreneurs leave on the back burner that they, you know, I'll get to that one, you know, after my business takes off and I've, I, I, I got a sickness one time years ago uh, when I was just grinding And they told me I had an incurable autoimmune disease called lupus. My hair fell out literally like a big oval, like that big, about three inches uh, tall and about two inches wide in a matter of a couple of days. And they said, oh, it's lupus and there's no cure and you have to take medication for the rest of your life. Your kidneys are going to fail. You can't have any more kids. And, you know, I think from being an entrepreneur 20 years, I, I have that mental toughness of going through the ups and downs. And, and the wisdom to know I'm not going to listen to these negative people. And instead I set a big goal in the, in the fitness category to, instead of now being a, a student of money or entrepreneurship or leadership. Now I was a student of my own body and I, in about 18 months, slowly, but surely uh, it was rough. It's probably the hardest time in my, in my career, but reversed it. And I've been autoimmune free for, wow. for years, for, for a long time now, um, probably like seven years, eight years. Uh, well, maybe longer because it was right after my third son was born, and I have a right. seven-year-old. <laughs> my youngest is seven. But you see yeah. what I'm saying. So you're writing down your vision, but then you put these action steps in each of those quadrants. And at least when you're reading your goals morning and night, it rebalances you. You can get driven and you know yeah. after it in in your business, but you're not getting too far away from these other things. So that would be the the, the one thing. The next thing was yes, you mentioned systems. I'm a big Uh, Proponent of of having a system for everything and having like standard operating procedures for just about everything. Um, uh, You know, if you haven't heard of the term SOPs, but I literally have standard operating procedures for the girl who answers the phone. You know, how to how to answer an email, (laughs) like like everything, so that I don't have to be the one that trains everybody all the time. If new people come in, the system. The old people, it just kind of acclimates into a culture. And so I really have, uh, because I have a system that runs my business instead of me, uh, I can have lifestyle. I can travel the world every quarter with my family or every month with my family. And I'm not having to worry about when I'm gone. You know what I mean? So many entrepreneurs are just tied to their business constantly and they don't have enough lifestyle because it's their personality or their work ethic that drives the whole thing. If I want it to grow, I just kind of put a little heat here and crank it up a little bit here, but a system runs everything. Again, I want to have that peace of mind. And so it's nice. I mean, th- I, I've been an entrepreneur since 9-11 and that financial right. crisis, 2008 financial crisis, this last pandemic. And each time my business at least doubled, actually during the pandemic, it grew 63%. And so it, uh, it just, you know, it exploded during those tough times because really people need
2: needed us more than
1: ever. You know what I mean? Um, they knew they needed us at least they always kind of needed us, but they didn't, they knew it. (laughs) Their ears were more open, um, for what the information that we had, but, but yeah. So because systems were in place, we didn't have to panic. Yeah. Just make adjustments, pivot, you know, and, uh, and then grow. And, um, and so that's what I would say. Those would probably be the Yeah, I love it when you were for.
0: part, there was one part in there, you reminded me of a quote from Muhammad Ali. If your dreams aren't big, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. And yeah. uh, that's uh, similar. Yeah. <laughs> well, this has been fantastic, Jamie. I, it, it has been a pleasure um, to have this conversation. And, and again, for everybody listening, um, you can go to happyandstrong.com to learn more about Jamie and her services, as well as purchase her book, uh, Happy and Strong. Create your own life while enjoying the journey. Jamie, thanks for hanging out with us at System and Soul.
2: hey, leader, did you know there's 261 business days in a year. And statistically, most business leaders are balancing about that many opportunities, issues, problems, bouncing around in their head at one time. So we created the261.com. Go there, put your email in, and we're going to organize all those things and send you one daily email that's about this long. It's going to take you about five seconds to read, but it's going to remind you of that thing that you need to remember, that thing you need to do or schedule as a leader to be who you want to be. Go check it out, sign up, follow along. See you there.